0: I tune into the ACCU Sports Lab to see if my team wanna lost, yeah. If they loud, I'm quiet as a mouse. Love, but if they want, keep half. I'ma do the dab, yeah. That's Caville. Yeah. He know what he be talking about. Talkin about. my Charles. They know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. Yeah. If you know him like I know him, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna laugh. Yeah. And
1: about, the ball, ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yes. Sir, yes sir. and pay attention because yes, he going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. DeVille with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Charles Bishop is still on assignment. I don't know if he's gotten the Mike Washington note card in uh day trading Spots. I don't, I don't know what's going on here, but we have Brian Fulton. So we're bringing somebody out of the bullpen that has an arm that's going to save the day for us. With that being said, yep, yeah, stretch it out. Get ready. We need this. We need this, man. We got this one run. lead. Ryan, can you hold it up for us?
2: I'm gonna do the best I can, Doc. I got you. I got you. Now
1: nah, it's not your fault. We did. We did bring you in. With it is two outs, but we have personal second and third. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure.
2: No pressure.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's right or not. Mike Washington, with that being said, how you doing today?
3: Oh man, I'm just I'm just jiffy, man. It's a, it's a beautiful week, beautiful weather. Ready to get it started in lab, dip some of this flavor.
1: This spring. Beautiful good, stuff, flavor. good stuff. The good stuff. Brian with this man said, how are you doing
2: today? I'm excellent, Doc. I'm excellent, Doc. I feel like uh feel like a champion today. You know, it Riley Nation is celebrating today. We feel like champions.
1: Yeah, that it, it, it brings us to it. And you would have to do it in fine fashion where you sweat prayer. I was hoping that we could at least get a game so we could throw off this perfectness that FAMU is doing right now, but it was not to be. So credit does go out to FAMU, and you're such a good sport. Uh, we wanted to make sure we acknowledge that because you do it the right way in terms of what that looks like. So let me get the introduction. I'll bring it back and let you do lead off with that news of the day since you kind of snuck it out there and rightfully so. Welcome to episode 381 with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports for institutions large and small from the NEIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports, or what we'd like to simply call HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Yadaville, along with my co hosts for today, Mike Washington and Brian Forford. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal out of Case Face 1230 a.m. studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer. That is none other than Ralph Cooper, multi Hall of Famer, I must add, in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THD Agency, LLC. THD Agency is a company that provides sporting in educational consulting, as well as data analytics. With that being said, it's not really a surprise now, but it still needs to be stated. Brian, give us some news of the day in terms of FAMU. What you got there? Yeah, tell us what's going on.
2: (laughs) Well, hey, it is a a glorious day on the highest of seven hills in Tallahassee, Florida, as the FAMU Florida A&M tennis team completed the perfect Regular season in the SWAC uh, tennis season uh, today in a makeup game against Prairie View. I think this was played in New Orleans, and so the the Rattlers did what we have been doing all year, um, defeated our opponent 4-0, and uh, a perfect 9-0 conference record. Uh, you know the the amazing thing about this team, and first off, congratulations to Coach Nikki. Uh, who we actually spoke with on Wednesday's ONG strike zone. Uh, so, you know, we were a little foreshadowing there, hoping that everything turned out well. But this is a very young team made up primarily of freshmen and sophomores. Mm. You know, they have uh, maybe one junior, one senior, or grad student. Um, and really, th- a lot of their wins have come in the doubles. You know, uh, I, if, if you go and look statistically, this team has only lost once in doubles. And and those who aren't familiar with doubles pairings, they usually put about uh four doubles teams together. Uh you know, four sing I think what, four singles and four doubles teams or something like maybe four and three actually. Four singles, three doubles. And Florida AM has gotten a majority of their wins to doubles. I mean, the, the singles are doing well, but when they put the double team together like today uh you had veronica rodriguez and uh rebecca uh let's see rebecca let me let me let me make sure i get it right because it's a it's an interesting combination with the with the doubles yeah veronica rodriguez rebecca Gaines. they won six to one reagan harris and genesis white lock they won six to two i mean they just it's a beautiful combination i mean usually it takes you a while to get the right comment anybody who has played doubles tennis, you know, or even if you play pickleball uh with doubles, you got to have the right kind of synergy with your partner. And they have been able to do that to the point of I think they have a record of like 17 and 1 in conference wow. games. I, that's ridiculous. Seventeen and one. Um, you know, I know there have been some other unbeaten teams. You know, I did happen to go back and look through the history books. So, uh, you know, I, I think Preview might have had an unbeaten season.
3: I was just for the say. I'm gonna
2: give y'all pride.
3: Look, I know. Look, I was just gonna say. <laughs> You may have beat us, but we have had an unbeaten season.
2: Yes, I was I was going to give y'all praise and props because, uh, yes, uh, I went through the history and looked and saw that. So uh, yeah, I'm, we're just – I mean, this is the second regular season conference title uh, for Florida A&M. Of course, volleyball uh, did it as well this past year. So uh, we are really proud of a team that really – I don't think many people thought this team – this team is ahead of schedule. Put it like that. And so, um, you know, now we got to see what we do in the tournament. You know, we got to still play well. And I think they're off for probably about two weeks until the SWAC tournament, which is in New Orleans. And so we'll see what happens. And uh, hopefully we can, you know, take care of business there and advance to the NCAAs.
1: Yeah, phenomenal. This enough. great. Lead off. Let me yeah. go to you, Mike. What's on? Um... Uh, your tongue, what is in your mind? You see, he showed off with the family stuff. He made sure that he gave them plenty of glory. So,
3: yeah, he gave them plenty, but richly deserved. And, and like you said, it's a young team, so they they truly deserve it, and they deserve the accolades that they get. Um, so, uh, you know, I wanted to start off. I, I got a tweet uh, before we get in, kind of our regular news. Uh, Coach Johnson, Edward uh, Waters University, has had you know pretty much a good year. You know, they're they're a full member of the SIEC. So that being said, congratulations to him. Uh, He has his 300th victory uh, year to date. I think he, you know, he's a native of Jacksonville. He served as coach of uh, Edwin Waters since 2012. He's compiled a record of uh, 231, 191, and 1 coming into the 2023 season prior to the SIEC. Competition. His Tigers were among the best in the NAIA's uh, Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, winning 2015 conference championships. But all in all, you know, congratulations to you know to to Coach Johnson um, uh, over at Edward Waters University. What a career! This says a lot. They beat uh, Voorhees University eight to four for the 300 victory. So uh, give, let's, let's tip the hat a little bit to Coach Johnson and all that he's done um, and what he's done with his career. So that's Coach Reginald Johnson. So I uh, appreciate it. Thanks. That's hard to get to 300 victories, especially in a game like baseball. He's put in the time. He's put in the quality coaching and the building of young
1: men. So tip of the hat to him. Yeah, anytime you get to 300 anything, you've done uh, some yeoman's work. Speaking of 300, I'm going to take it with this um, women's tennis head coach Al Allen Green. Yep, 300th career victory uh, with the Golden Nuggets head coach got it done in terms of women's tennis as the head coach there at Xavier uh, when they defeated William Carey four to one this past week. Term uh, going back a little bit to April 1st, but didn't get a give those kudos. And since you're talking about 300, I thought it was a perfect time to kind of match that 300, the synergy that's going on there. Another one I'll do before I turn it back around right here, I'll tell you about Texas Southern University. A lot of folks are excited, at least on campus for this one. Texas Southern's cheer wins national championship. Texas Southern University cheering leading team made history as they won a national title at the National Cheerleaders Association, (NCA) college national championship on Friday, first HBCU to do it with the NCA in this particular area of cheer, competing in the Cheer Spirit Rally Division One category. The Tigers were solid from start to finish as they opened a the preliminary round with a 94.05 performance score, 94.3 raw score, and 23.5125 performance score. In the final round, TSU maintained its consistency and did even better with a 96.1 performance score. 96.1 raw score and a 95.5875 event score. The national title marks the first time an HBC has claimed a title at the championship in the summer of 2022. The team set foundation for its national title with a gold bid at the NCAA camp and all American award by the mascot Tex the Tiger second place in overall game day and overall most spirited getting it done. Kudos to Texas Southern university in the cheer clean. What's interesting about this a little more that I wanted to get out there, you know, these are one of the things where sometimes I don't know if you just lucked up a synergy or if you're just saying the right thing at the right time. You know, I've been a proponent for a while and said that, you know, the synergy between HBCU bands, obviously when we do our poll ranking here over the last two years, we talk about the marching sport and how that they go together so well that there needs to be this synergy and organization between the two. Um, And I've been a proponent of the VPs of athletics taking up auxiliary portion of marching bands, cheerleaders, mascots. um, Obviously, the core, if you would, in terms of those bands that have that or the dancers in regards to what that looks like. Well, guess what? Uh, It came up with Dr. Kevin Granger about a year and a half ago that um, he needed to take on that responsibility or would he be willing to take on that responsibility? A lot of that is because of the response of what Texas Southern was doing with APR and the scores and how they were doing with that. And they wanted to get that same type of framework for ban, which a lot of people know in some areas, uh, as well as our bands do, that you don't have necessarily the governing structure that helps maybe mitigate supporting them in regards to making sure they continue to matriculate as well as cheerleaders, uh, mascots, as I said, in the dance team. Uh, But with that being said, he took over that responsibility. So, you know, as this championship, it goes under the umbrella of athletics and auxiliary under his leadership. So I wanted to also give kudos to Dr. Kevin Grage my understanding that certainly and the only one in the HBCU framework even though i'd like to see more of them consider that i know some ad's and vps under the breasts are like hey not so much <laughs> they don't necessarily want to take on the responsibility of another uh 300 uh, to 500 students on campus but hey that's the right thing to do uh, obviously i would make sure that they understand that there needs to be an increase in pay for that as well those responsibility roles but if it makes us all better i think it's something to to consider and so uh, I think some of his management style had you know somewhat to do with uh, what Texas southern was able to do in regards to moving uh, ahead and ultimately getting this national championship certainly the coaches uh, that are directly involved in the cheerleaders mascots have the most responsibility and deserve the congratulations so I did want to kind of share that a little bit with that being said let me turn it back over to you, Brian. Anything else that you wanted to kind of quickly get out there before we take this first
2: break? Well, since we're coming up on the break, I, if I could add on to, you know, the, the cheer component there. Uh, and we talked sure, about this please. yesterday when Drew and I were talking. There were other divisions. Now, I mean, this this is uh, – this NC uh, – this uh, – I, I want to make sure I get the uh, abbreviation right, the NCA and the NDA. There are mm-hmm. other divisions – in which uh, some HBCUs right. competed in. Um, I don't have my note page, but I do know, for example, um, North Carolina A&T State and Florida A&M finished second and third in a particular division. That uh, I think there was like twenty something teams competing in. Uh, you also had Southern. And Jackson state finished third and fourth in a division where there were like 12, 13 programs competing in, or I, I may have those numbers mixed up, and, but the, I don't, I don't have the order of finish incorrect. Uh, and, and then of course uh, we saw, I saw Grambling state actually win in another, uh, in another classic, uh, they won first place
1: another in association. Uh, another yeah,
2: association. Yeah. So, it was kind of cool seeing uh, all of these uh, swack schools and Doc. How about now? I know you. We we always talk about the, you talk about these synergies. When do we get that HBCU cheer competition? Ooh, you know, I I know I've seen people <laughs> talk about like I've seen Steve. Maybe it was Stephen Gaither or somebody was talking about kind of you know with the with the whole stomp uh thing. But yeah. just how about you know? how about that? How how nice would that be on the heels? of what these programs have done on the national levels against national competition. And then you mix up the tradition that you see in the CIAA with some of those programs, which that style is not really, uh, they don't have a component for that style in these national competitions. But when we talk about having our Mm -hmm. own, I'm telling you, it would be a draw. It would be a draw. I don't know who's going to broadcast it, but. Woo, it would be nice. It would be nice. Hey,
1: BCSN will put our bid in for it. Yes, sir. I agree with you. Yes, Uh, sir. I think it's something that uh, somebody that uh, has the capability to do this certainly should think about it. Uh, Great point. I'm glad you added that. And shout out to Grammy in terms of the National Champion uh, as they got it done as they were crowned the following day in their (coughs) association. Um, It's interesting that both of these associations are uh, competing around the same time. I wonder how purposeful that is. (laughs) Uh
3: Mike any last thing you want to add? No, no, that uh, that's it. I I would like to I would like to see a little consolidation of a lot of these the cheer, uh, cheerleading competition into an HBCU cheerleading competition as well. I think it breeds a new type of experience all around. So I think Brian hit it on the nail. You you know traditional you know uh, cheerleading competitions they don't capture the essence that you see in an, an HBCU cheerleading team or organization. So I'd like to see that as well. So that would be nice. Uh, I think it would be an extra component. So put get dig, dig in your pockets, Dr. Yada. Talk to the talk to your
1: people. <laughs> I got talk, you. Talk to the, young people who and haven't talked to nobody. their people. Let's take this first break. We'll be right back on the other side, and we'll give you some updates on baseball and let you know what took place this weekend. One thing I will tell you is a lot of rain, a lot of water, and it caused some havoc but we'll turn around the other side and let you know who those teams that were able to get it done and get it played, what happened? Stick with us, we'll be right back after this break and I'll go in my pockets and make sure Mike's dreams come a reality.
4: (laughs) T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash.
5: T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash.
4: Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T Adnet Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123.
3: Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him.
4: Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and adds a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's
3: like a loot machine. All around town. Trying to get
4: down. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the time.
0: Press the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to lot, yeah, and we we about, about. about,
1: So listen to Professor yes sir yes, and sir. pay attention. This, boy. Is go- this is Dr. Bills with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Brian Fulford uh, coming in off the mound. Uh, Brian, I hope you're doing a little better, and I think you are, than what the Premier and m Panthers did in the early matchup. You know, we're going to give you an updated uh, divisional record in terms of the races, and it was good until maybe about an hour ago. <laughs> uh, what happened is I told you about the rain, so there are a lot of washouts. Actually, the Southern Prairie View game that was going to be played in Prairie View was totally washed out. They kept trying to push the game back, play on Saturday, maybe a double hitter, we couldn't get the field dry, so they came back on Sunday. We're going to try to play a double here. Couldn't get the field drive. They're going to play just a single. Well, the coaches decided that they were going to play a doubleheader this Tuesday. Well, Brian, check this out. And, Mike, you know, hold your ears because this is going to frustrate you even more. Credit to Prairie View. They got out, decided they're going to play the game. They took what would have been home games. They played on the road. Jalen Armstrong runs scoring double in the bottom of the ninth. Any allowed Southern to pull out a 5 4 victory against Prairie View in the first game of the doubleheader at Lee Hines Field on Tuesday that was just played a little earlier. The Jaguars improved to 10 and 18, 6 and 4 in the SWAT. So remember, pull up the record while you see the difference. Rally from a 4 2 deficit game with two runs in the eighth on a bases loaded balk and a wild pitch by Eliza Breeden of the Panthers. Armstrong had giving Southerns a 1-0 lead in the first uh, when He followed a leadoff double to Justin Wiley with a two-bagger on his own. J.J. Rollins hit a solo home run for Southerns other run until what you heard there. This drops Prairie View to 11-20 overall and 73 um, in the conference race after giving up a late lead uh, that would have pushed him over. So let's pull up this record, as you see there, uh, with Prairie View. They were pre- previously leading uh, in the Western Division at seven and two. Uh, they had a two-game win streak uh, in terms of coming into this weekend, uh, but now they have the one losing game, which pushes them to seven and three as they fall. So in the loss record category, they tie with Ramblin. They lost two out of three to Texas Southern, that improved to seven and five, uh, as well as Southern at five and four, that improves to six and four. And they have a ladder game that we played tonight. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on in that matchup. So we'll give you that update, obviously, on Thursday. Pine Bluff is at three and nine as they lost their last game. And Alcorn is at two and 12 coming into the mix. Let's go to the Eastern Division, where it gets just as interesting in a lot of ways. Bethune Cookman, uh, they improved to eight and two with one win. Unfortunately for them, the rain took care of that series. They got the first one off and was actually a Thursday game, thinking they were going to get ahead of things and maybe be able to get their uh, young men they wanted to to go to uh, church services, celebrate this past weekend, Easter Sunday. So they started the game early on Thursday. Uh, They thought it was going to help also in terms of getting ahead of the rain. not to be, of the three games that were played, only one contest, and that was a victory by Bethune Cookman winning over Alabama A&M 12-10. That's a game that actually Alabama a and was winning 9-8 to 8, uh, going into the end of that game, and we gave an update live at the end of our show on Thursday as that was the Thursday game where Bethune-Cookman came back. Little did we know that that was the only game that would be played because it looked like this series was going well. Alabama State improves to 9-3 uh, with their victory. They're still tied with FAMU. Uh, that uh, was 9-3 and three in terms of their contest this past weekend. They got uh, the first game on Thursday. They lost to Jackson State 6-1 to one in that matchup. They were able to get the last two. They did play all three of their games at home, taking two out of three from Jackson, even though it might have made some people nervous when some people saw their first score the first game, they bounced back and got it done. Uh, I told you about Alabama State. This was a little bit of a surprise here. Uh, they got off on Thursday. Also, matchup eight two, uh, and then uh, on Friday, surprise everybody! Is Valley got a victory seven to six over Alabama State. Credit the Valley to continue to play well. That was a Friday scores that uh, took place there. Uh, Allcorn jumped off as they started their series against Arkansas Pine Bluff, winning five to four. As I told you, fam, you bounce back on Friday as they win twelve to three, uh, and then you have Valley uh, as they play two games. They lose the second one. That's 5-1, to one, so they fall two out of three. So their series was over by Friday. They got everything in before the rain took care of business for everybody else. Fam, you also played their two on Friday, a doubleheader, and they sweep the doubleheader even though they went taking two out of three. And as I said, Alabama a and was postponed. That's your Friday scores, so you put those scores up there on Friday. Let's get into Saturday uh, where you have a couple of scores here. Uh, where you start the series for Texas Southern and Gramlin Gra- Texas Southern gets off hot and wins 14 to six over Gramlin uh as you see Arkansas Pine Bluff bounces back and defeats Alcorn five to four that was a double header as they were trying to get ahead of things on Friday Texas Southern sweeps on that day where they take the double header and beat Gramlin 11 to seven so everybody's like wow can they get the sweep and really, themselves up in the conference. We'll give you that update as what took place on Saturday as Bethune-Cookman Alabama AM was postponed and Southern at the time uh, was so wet out there they thought they were just going to cancel the series. Let's pull up Saturday, give you a couple of those scores there because a couple of games were played. Uh, you had the final games of Arkansas Pine Bluff and Alcorn being played as well as Grambling and Texas Southern. Uh, that is what took place there? As you heard, the post uh, doubleheader is going to be played with Southern and Prairie View not to be as those are postponed. Uh, Arkansas ends up winning the series over Corn State, getting two out of three as they win four to three uh, to take that Game Three uh, in terms of that matchup. And Grambling uh, at home make sure they don't get swept for the weekend. And get a little bit of redemption as they take it to Texas Southern nine to four in terms of what took place there in those last uh, Sunday matchups as things get done. So it's fascinating to see as we finish up. Jackson State is at four and eight as they lost two the last two in that series. We talked about Valley four and ten. Uh, they did lose that last game to Alabama State, which drops out. Alabama A and M that started off so hot other well, year taking two out of three from Jackson State and they're falling all the way off the cliff. Uh, even though they are looking good at times, it's fascinating to see what's taking place. So let's get into it a little bit here. I'm going to start with you, Brian. What are your thoughts of going on in SWAC baseball uh, in terms of these notes? And then we will go to you, uh, Mike, and get your updates. But what I really want to do, we're going to do that as a little bit of tease. We're going to let people sit on that a little bit, a lot of information. We're going to go into this next break. We'll come back on the other side and really let y'all talk about some updates of the SWAC A lot of information there. I want y'all to take a deep dive and really give us some good baseball updates. So stick with us. We'll take our second break. We'll come back on the other side and tell you what is going on in Swag Baseball, who's hot, who's not, and maybe a little bit about why. Stick with us after this second break.
4: The Cuvay Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvee.
5: Since 2002, Empowerment Resources Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties through its programs: Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens and parenting education coaching to get involved with programs volunteer or donate visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org follow us on social media facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowerment j-a-x
0: it's never too early to plant the seed to share the tradition and instill a sense of pride in your hbcu with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports,
5: the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network.
0: Press the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to lose. laugh and the ball, the ball. So,
1: listen to Professor, yes, sir, yes, and pay attention. because is he going to teach a lesson? This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Brian for The professors are here and in, in the building. So, let me get into some of the data, as I know Mike likes the data points. So, I'm going to start with you, Mike. What are your thoughts in terms of what's taking place uh, in baseball? Start with the Western Division.
3: Yeah, we're starting with the Western. I think. Texas Southern is a lot better than uh, what they've started out the season. Get there, you know, they did lose their last one. But if you look at the stats, you know, Texas Southern is, is a pretty good team. They lost to Grambling, they beat Grambling two out of three uh, in this last week, uh, and they were convincing wins. I think it was like thirteen to uh, what thirteen to six and eleven to seven. That's pretty convincing in baseball. Grambling's number one. Uh, they did lose to Prairie View, but this Texas Southern team, I would say, watch out for this team going down the stretch. Uh, in the still has to play Prairie View. They uh, twice, I believe, they still have to play Southern, and I don't have a lot of confidence in Grambling's ability to maintain that first set. You know, the statistics mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, you know they they're up, up in the top three in batting percentage. But now you're getting at the top of the season where you're starting to see pitching depth come to the fray. And even, and even Alabama State, that one loss they had against, was it Mississippi Valley? Maybe they put yeah. their number eight or nine pitcher there. You know, they said, hey, you know, we got this series in hand. You, you, know, All those factors come in, long day, whatever. But now you're starting to also see where pitching comes to the fray. And I don't have a lot of confidence in the Grambling State pitching depth. So that, those are the things that kind of come out to, to surprise me. Prairie View a and um, I, I was surprised at that one. Um, they played good all year, and, and and they come in and they lose this one to Southern. I don't know what came to the fray, but I still wouldn't count Prairie View out because they were a balanced team, uh, fielding-wise, percentage-wise. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You were about to say something. So
1: No, I think you're hitting it on the nail, and a lot of this is just going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a weekend-to-weekend. Weekend especially yeah. when you look at those top four teams, a lot of it's going to be is who's going to be able to take advantage of the schedule and who's kind of hot at the time they play them, whether they're playing at home and on the road. And then who doesn't slip up and give a game or two to Arkansas, Pine Bluff and Hawkins? I think that's going to be okay. fascinating, too, uh, as you talk about Alabama State. Valley, that's a game. If you're Alabama State, you don't necessarily want to give up. Credit for Valley to fight you through because you got to play the games and win it. You know, Prairie View was able to take advantage of their schedule early, uh, sweeping both Pine Bluff and Alcorn State. State. Um, so yeah. it will be fascinating to see that. When you talk about Grambling, they've had a benefit of playing Texas Southern and Southern at home. They took two out of three yep. to Southern. It seems to be struggling a little bit, but it was on the road. But then they lose two out of three to Texas Southern, which means on this back half, the second part of the season, they got to go on the road to Baton Rouge, which we just saw by their score there. No matter how the Jaguars are playing, they're tough at home. And you know what's going on in Houston with Texas Southern. They can pound the ball, and I'm hearing that they haven't even really hit their stride yet, Uh, but they're hitting home runs. They lose two out of three at Southern at home, but two of those games they gave up runs late, just like you saw Prairie View. can if you're Southern, can you live on that in regards to being able to push through and get those wins? That's going to be fascinating to see. Um, so you make some great points when you look at some matchups. Who's not, who's not? I'm fascinated when we close out this first half of the season in the back half when it goes down the stretch, folks get a little tired, young in the legs. What are those freshmen, sophomore looking at? Who has those nicks uh, and and, and uh, injuries, if you would? who can push through to see how they close things up? Let me go to you, Brian, and I'm going to come one, back. Mike, one one more point. Yeah. One more point, bro. Texas Southern – Four or five
3: weeks ago, they were number six in the swag and batting. They were batting 270 on average. Here they are now, this week, batting 308. That's a statistical <laughs> increase in team batting average. So watch out for this team. There are yeah. two teams that, as we get down to later, their strength, either in the pitching staff and in the batting staff, is going to really start to show as we get to the later part of the season. And that's the point I was trying to make. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I agree with you that you
1: talk about it. That's going to be the the tell of the tape. Can they continue to push through? And as I said, even get better on the batting, but can they get enough of the arms to save them? Brian, I know you follow the East a lot more, and we will get to that. But right now, let me know your thoughts on the West in regards to what Mike just said or any data points that you want to put on yourself.
2: Well, I'll say this. Um, I think... Well, first off, let me say I'm I'm glad that for for Carlos Brown, our good friend Carlos Brown, I'm glad for him that Southern got a win because Carlos is ready to go on a hunger strike had Southern got swept this today. So hopefully that's avoided. And other than Carlos walking his two miles a day, that's all he he has to do. Uh, But seriously, though, you know, I, I want, you know, first off, it's interesting when you look at the standings, like the standings are ba- in, in, in are based on win percentage and not necessarily games won and loss, because if you go by games won and loss and who's in, the, if you look in the, in the games behind column, well, Grambling should be in first based on the games behind column. I've never seen a negative 0.5. That means they're like a half a game ahead of the team in first. I don't think I've ever seen that before, but. What's interesting to me is is Texas Southern because I know earlier that our computer, the the, the rankings uh, on the BCSC and top five, they weren't a fan of Texas Southern's wins, not at all and, nope. and a little bit of because of the schedule. So it's got me it's got me thinking and wondering, you know, I, I grew up in Indiana where there was one class basketball and I firmly believe I can take five from this team, put them five against that team. I don't care. It's basketball. Line them up and let's play. I, I learned a little bit later as I as I went to Florida AM, and m and you realize uh, the, the learn about low, low, uh, low resource schools and how budgets determine your roster. I've I've I, I don't hold to that as strongly. But in baseball though, is baseball a sport in which nine guys from say a smaller division two or lower conference, are they just as good as Texas Southern or or somebody? You know what I mean? Because it is an individual sport where, you know, you just might be able to find uh you know, the the right kind of players that work, you know what I'm saying? So maybe Texas Southern is good, you know, maybe they're good enough. And I guess this is where we really won't know until the tournament, until right. we see the West teams match up against those power, what we all consider the power three or four programs in the East.
1: We really won't know, will we? You know, and, and so. It, no, we won't. No, and It it seems like we're going to see what will those arms of the East do with the backs of the West. West, And so it's, I love it. And I I know you all talked a little bit about having some crossover and I'm not totally against it. Obviously it's a budget issue, but there are some things that do make it fascinating when you come to the tournament, when you get these crossover matchups because they hadn't really seen each other. And if they had, it's basically the first week or two of the season and either what was the inaugural, a Cactus Jack classic or uh, what continues to be great with the uh, major league uh, HBCU classic that was played in new Orleans. This will be moving to Florida next year, which I plan to get down there. So Brian, I need you to be prepared to take, uh, take care of us and we'll get that information. So you can set up things now, because I know when you come this way, we already got a deal set up that we got to make sure that you take the the routes around these great barbecue joints. And you want to go through the, Top five of your yes, list. sir. Burn, burns, barbecue, burns barbecue. Is that yeah, on I the list? Is that on the it. list?
3: I look,
2: I'm,
1: I I'm ready. I had it at the top. We're yeah. make sure he gets that kill his barbecue way out. there. barbecue, baby. All right, I enough about barbecue. <laughs> I have
2: not eaten dinner, so please don't
1: don't stop. Please. <laughs> oh, but you yeah. also uh talked about the rankings, so I want to put this out of here before we go back to you, Brian, and talk about East and get Mike style on the East too. Uh, With that being said, you all released uh, yesterday uh, as the show was moved from Sunday to Monday because of the holiday. So if you didn't catch it or wondering what's going on, go back and check out the Brian and AD show. It was a good one in regards to some great dialogue on some uh, discussion in regards to how do you deal with some of the cross matrix. And they had some great ideas of what it may look like uh, for – the the swap to even consider or think about but also they released the poll rankings and so you had a couple of teams dropping out as you had two teams in there and they coming out of the state of texas as we talk about these programs i won't talk about those that are in the hunt uh, just for the sake of time but you can go check out the show and get that whole list but the top five number five is prairie You're sitting at 11 and 19 eight and four uh 52.26 as they were previously in the hunt they jumped in the top five and that was out playing any conference game this weekend, as I said, they were all rained out. But they did, were able to get two midweek games in that they were able to win. You have Texas Southern, uh, that obviously considered their two out of three victory. They had 22 20, 11, 8, and 4, 55.82 as they're in the hunt, as they travel up to Kansas and play two uh, as they get into Big 12 action, which will be interesting there. They had number three. Uh, you have another one of those AM. This one is out of Florida. Florida AM 15 to 79 and 3, 59.34 as they move up a spot. Uh, and then number two is Alabama State 21 and 12, 9 and 3, 64.86, uh, with previous one. So they dropped the spot, but then cookman that a lot of people kind of buried and forgot about. They play some good yep. baseball. Uh, they're in the hunt and playing really well, leading the east as we get into it. And The overall ranking, remember, this is not a poll where people vote on. This is a computer-generated data in, data out. Bethune-Cookman is holding the top rankings at 17 and 13, 8, and 2, 65.45, previously as the jump of a spot this week. With that being said, you can mix and match this in. I don't necessarily want to focus on this power ranking, if you would, uh, but I do want to get your thoughts on the other side to talk about the Eastern Division as we just gave love in the West, uh, but I thought it was fascinating to get a little update there. And as you talked about a little love earlier softball, I do want to give an update, Division One on the softball side, as you release those as well, particularly with the team at the top. I'd be remiss if I didn't make sure we give out some love there. I know you teased out a little bit. We won't talk about those in the hunt, uh, but we'll look at the top five. Which includes two NEAC programs with a new one jumping in there this weekend, number five, Norfolk State, 17 to 15, 8 and 4. North Carolina Central is falling off a little bit, is one of the programs we thought were going to be in the hunt. We're looking at that last game of the year. We'll see if they're able to fight back, but uh, they've fallen on a little bit of a hard time. We'll see what that looks like. Bring us number four, Alabama State, 22 and 16, 11 and 4, 59.87 as they move up a spot. Um, they are in the mix. Remember, they came out of the East last year, and a lot of folks predicted them to get it done in the SWAC tournament, softball tournament. But Prairie View got it done, bringing us to number three, Prairie rival, particularly in football, State Fair Classic, Grambling State, 23 and 12 and 1, 9 and 3, 60.09. They were previously ranked three, so they stayed right there. Bringing us to number two, uh, Morgan State falls from the number one spot, 20 and 13. 10-1 in the season as they keep rolling, 70.10. Uh, and look how close it is to the number one team that is at 70.13, moving up from the second spot, which is none other than the Prairie View Panthers sitting at 18-15. And, and they are scolding hot in regards to 15-0 in the conference races. They swept all their opponents, including this past weekend when they went to Arkansas Pine Bluff and got it done bringing out the brooms as they have seen to get used to. With that being said, as I gave you a little tease, we'll come back with the last segment, and we'll look at the East Division of baseball. Uh, Stick with us. We'll be right back after the last break and give you some updates in terms of what's going on in the East as we compare it to the West as we roll on to see who's going to be crowned the regular season East and Western champions. But the big old pie out there that everybody wants to know is the swag baseball tournament, which is in Atlanta this year, which will be fascinating. And you only yep. take the top four teams for each division, top eight teams gets in. So it should be good. Stick with us. We'll be right back on the other side with this last break.
5: the human voice has always connected audiences with experiences major brands all across america have trusted kevers voice time and time again conversational powerhouse intelligent and sincere that's the voice you need for your creative marketing process k-e-a-v-e-r-s-v-o-i-c-e.com kevers voice kevers voice kevers Kevers voice.com always on all the time Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to MangosCaribbeanRestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131.
2: Tell your mama hungry, papa hungry, hungry.
5: Mangos Caribbean Restaurant.
4: Authentic Caribbean cuisine. My T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash.
5: T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash.
4: Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123.
0: Press the analytic data with the hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to loud level, about, about, So listen
1: to Professor Yes, sir and pay attention, because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville with Inside the HBC Sports Lab for our last segment of the evening. I'm going to go back to you, Brian, as I promised, uh, as we head into this, and I wanted to get your reactions on the Eastern Division. Uh, Where it's about the arms, what are your thoughts is going on over there? Fam, you took the tough loss to open up things, but they bounced back and got two big wins. So they're right there in the hunt to me where they want to be as you're right there in striking the uh, distance. All it is is one series, and you uh, are where you need to be in terms of East Division to get the regular season crown and set yourself up for the tournament in terms of seating. But overall, what is your picture of what's going on in East Division? Well, you know,
2: in terms of that FAMU series against Jackson State, that I, I don't, I, I miss the circumstances in which why the series was moved um, or changed from Jackson to uh, Tallahassee. Um, I think it was the weather; they were
1: try- trying to get weather. it out of the rain
2: weather. Yeah, okay, it was as weather. Okay. As I so I, I felt like that was a great opportunity for FAM that they that they blew on the first game. Um, fortunately they turned around the next two and handled business now what i'm what i'm looking at which i find really interesting is valley and jackson state fighting for that four spot
5: Mm
2: -hmm. and i I think it is a legitimate fight you know i was just looking at some of valley's games Uh, they've had a few bad losses but it, you know, like like you said, they beaten Alabama. They they've proven that they can beat the best teams. They can hang in there. Some of their losses have only been maybe by a run or two, um, and something's off with Jackson State. Uh, maybe it's injuries, uh, something to that effect. But I I really think you know it. Uh, I think Valley plays Grambling sort of in a midweek game coming up here this week. Uh, I was just looking at Valley's uh, schedule. I, I really think that they're going to make a they're going to make a push here because Alabama AM is 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 playing behind right now. So if you know, as you said, if Valley can steal a win and, and that's what I think you're looking at right now, you know, if Jackson State and Valley steals a win in your series, if you're Bethune, Alabama State and Florida AM, you're trying not to lose a game to Jackson state or Valley, because losing a game to them may really affect your standings. I, I think these three teams are going to battle it out all year. Um, and, 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 you know, that that's just what it's going to come down to. I don't know. You, you know, I, I haven't really handicapped and looked at who has the advantage down the stretch, who has the most home games left so on and so forth. But I, I just think the shuffling is going to continue all season Uh, for the rest of this month between the top three teams.
1: I love what you're talking about. What's going to be interesting to me is when you talk about the second half of the season, you have Bethune-Cookman. They have to go to Alabama State-Montgomery because that series was at home. And they also have to go to FAMU on the back half of the season. So getting this lead early, give you a little room for error is going to be fascinating to see. Now, again, that takes place with Alabama. Uh, obviously, uh, State has to play FAMU, so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays in the mix when you talk about three teams that are fighting for it. But I like the way you snuck that out of there a little bit when you talk about Jackson State Mississippi Valley. We don't think about Valley being playing strong baseball as of late, but Jackson State usually is in the mix. That's not the case. Uh, just last week, Valley got one away from Jackson State. Then yep. they come back this week and get one, um, in terms of the mix. So they're able to fix things and credit to Jackson State because that victory they had against FamU was significant to put them at least even in the win column with Valley with both teams being at four and four as we put up the record earlier. Uh, Jackson State is at four and eight and Mississippi Valley is at four and ten uh to give you kudos in regards to what you were referencing or just how tight that race will be for a fourth spot. Let me go to Mike because I know how Mike gets – he's going to focus more on those top teams and just say, oh, the rest of them y'all figured out later. Uh, (laughs) Mike, what are your (laughs) thoughts?
3: And you absolutely 150% right. So There are a couple of teams that cannot afford to give up those weak games to teams like Valley. I'm sorry. Valley has clawed its way up. And they they've stolen a few, but uh, Brian, I will agree with you that Jackson State, there is something wrong in the water. Why is that? Because when he started the season, they were number one and two. Now look where they've fallen. They have, I believe, it's Alabama State, and I believe that's in Montgomery. Yes, that is. will be a telltale test of where Jackson State is. I don't know if their arms are falling off. I don't know if there's there's injuries. I don't know, but there is something going on with Jackson State. They're still leading the SWAC and really leading, you know, pretty much all others besides Bethune-Cookman and Alabama State in batting uh, average, slugging percentage. But pitching-wise, fielding-wise, there is something going on with Jackson State. So I will look to see not only if they win that game, but how they play – in that game so it'll be interesting uh bethune on the other side not a lot of people you know bethune has come out and they they are winning some some critical games yes they lost to fam U. they what they lost one out of three to fam U, but they beat them nine two six three so it'll be interesting once bethune uh plays who do they have coming up they have a valley coming up but after that it'll be interesting to see how Bethune does against that, uh, Alabama State. I think those are your two big horses in the east. Just looking at how they're winning, winning percentage, all of the stats say that those right now are your two best teams.
1: Can I
2: add, you know, uh you know, Mike likes to talk about that and I heard him talk about batting averages earlier, right? Guess who the number the number 2 team in terms of batting average right now is? Is in the conference overall. That's Valley, batting three thirty-two, just a hair behind Grambling State, right? So I mean, Valley has figured something out with the bats. Uh, you know, the pitching, the pitching. You know, like you said, that's what's going. That's what's going to make or break. You know, and they're, but they're just as bad as Jackson State in pitching. But it's the batting that's making the difference right now. Right,
1: and they're able to move on the base path. They still have a lot of bases, so they once yes. they get on, uh, they're going to move around. Their um, on base percentage is also high. Their on base
3: percentage is high. Another data point to, to kind of keep your eyes on. Pitching, Alabama State has pretty much been the top pitching squad um in the swag the last few years. They started out number three or four. They are back to number one now. When we we talked about this three or four weeks ago, I was, I think, Dr. You were I'm surprised to see that Alabama State is not at the top in and pitching ERA. Per team because they typically are, and now, now they're back at number one. So that that thing so- a
1: part of that is their their starters are not going as deep as in the games they often. Cool. And, and they're getting a little trouble from the middle relievers, and they're not slowing things down as they usually do in terms of the closing. It's gonna be fascinating to see if they can write that because you're right. Usually they're up there and they'll give you a heck of a day when you talk about it. Before we close out, I do want to get somebody kind of tease them out of there. But I want to take a little deeper dive. When you got Florida A&M traveling to Alabama A&M. Yep. Not another A&M. Another, another key game. That's on the East. You got Bethune-Cookman traveling the Valley. You talked about that matchup. It's on the road. Valley comes home. Can they get a game? This is a key one. You know, obviously, if they can get two out of three, somehow sweet Bethune-Cookman, we'll all be talking about that. But can they at least make it interesting by getting a game and kind of going from there, another one in the East. The third one in the East that you alluded to, Mike, was Jackson State at Alabama State. Um, this is a dangerous spot for Jackson State to me. They yep. cannot afford to find a way to get swept. They got to get at least a game. And then if they really want to turn around the season, take two out of three. Uh, it's on the road, so it's going to be tough to do. But that's what you got in the East. When you go over to the West, it's going to be fascinating because you got two games that will be played, obviously the second one between Prairie View and Southern. So we'll get even a little more indication of what how this stuff will mix out. Uh, but you got Prairie View on the road as they start the second half of the season uh, as they go to Arkansas Pablo Yeah, we're already starting mm-hmm. the second half of the season. And then you got Grambling on the road at Alcorn State. This is another program that finds a way to tip away. Remember, they got that big, Win upset that a lot of people looked at when they beat Southern at first series, which is fascinating. What you see with Valley, it's yeah. their aces that are able to get it done in game one. That if they're going to get a game, it seems to be the game one and kind of game falls off to of two and three yeah. uh, after that. And then, obviously, the big matchup to me is this Texas Southern on the road at yep. Southern. Uh, let me know your thoughts in terms of East West, uh, what the big matchups you know, quickly here. If you look at the East, what is the game that you really have your eyes focused on, Mike, and then in the West?
3: Oh, and without question. It's Jackson State going on the road to Montgomery to play Alabama State. That is big. You said it yourself. Jackson State, they have to play well. They can't lose the entire series. They have to take one. Hopefully, they would try to take two and go back to Jackson State. We know. The, the other one, Texas Southern Southern. That is big to me. Texas Southern is only up-and-coming. It's interesting to see if those bats continue to keep rising like they do and that pitching staff shows up. But Southern is no slouch. So, to me, Texas Southern going to Baton Rouge on the road, that gives you a further glimpse at how good this Texas Southern team is growing as the season gets older.
1: Certainly. That's a big victory by Southern. They've been able to do that all year long. uh, Cardiac cats, if you would, in terms of what they're getting done with those late comebacks. They had a big one against Um, Texas Southern. Yep. Maybe they get a little momentum if they're able to get this victory today. Prairie View sweep them. If they go one and one, maybe they just kind of stand out. But I I am fascinated to see with Texas Southern going into the back half of the season now. As they go to Bad Rouge on the road, who gets that? So great point there. I'm going to go to you, Brian. I want to get your thoughts. Are you aligned with Mike? Are you going in a different direction when you look at the best game in the East and the best game in the West this weekend?
2: No, I'm I'm right there in alignment with my top 3s versus the bottom 3s. That that's the basic summary <laughs> and if you're Grambling State sitting at the top playing the playing Alcorn State at the bottom, you got a sweep. If you're Florida A&M at the top in terms of wins playing Alabama A&M at the bottom, you got a sweep. Anything less is unacceptable in terms of, you know, you you really showcasing your dominance. I mean, you have to go be dominant this weekend. You know, the pitching has to be on point. The fielding has to be right. And you got to hit the ball. So uh, I think for Grambling and Florida A&M, those are the two programs that I'm looking at to see, do they handle business against the the the, the bottom-dwelling team in the division?
1: Good stuff, good stuff. Before we exit here, let me give you the Division One updates, at least in terms of where they sit in the record. It's a tough weekend at North Carolina A&T for a lot of different re- reasons. Prayers for all involved. But in terms of the sports, with all that taking place, they were only able to play one of the conference baseball games this weekend. And unfortunately, it was a loss, rightfully so. We understand what was important. But this they fall to 6-7 and seven with their loss, which means they are in the seventh spot in terms of the Colonial. And then you go to uh, – what we talk about NEC Northeastern Conference uh, in terms of those programs getting uh, playing over there with Maryland Eastern Shore, uh, Cobb and State. We'll give you a little update there before we close out and ter- tell you what that looked like in terms of those matchups uh, in terms of the conference standing with the um, Northeast Conference there for these teams here. Uh, fascinating in terms of those matchups. Tough weekend for those teams, but they're battling trying to battle back in terms of where they're going to be in those seedings. Remember previously only the top six teams in the Northeast conference played in the tournament. Obviously that was prior to expansion uh, with the four MEAC teams coming over there as affiliate members. So it's going to be kind of fascinating to see, do they take eight or do they stay with the top uh, six teams? Maryland Eastern shore uh, is sitting in currently in that six spot at seven and eight. Um, as they take three games. They had three big victories this past weekend, which has left them out. Passing them past Coppin State, that kind of was flirting at the top of that, uh, seven and eight. Uh, and then Norfolk State is behind them at five and seven, Coppin State at four and eight. Delaware State continues to struggle in the season at t- two and 12. That'll do it for us in terms of the show today. This is Dr. Bill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Kabil, the dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington, and Charles Bishop. Oh, Special oh, oh. guest getting it done is none other than, than Brian Colford. Make Stop sure out. you continue to look with him. What's that? Mike, you have something you need to get in there? Birthday. Birthday, my boy, A.D.
3: Drew. Happy birthday to you, my fellow Aries. Our birthday is a week apart. He couldn't join us. Happy birthday to my boy, A.D. Drew.
1: <laughs> nice, nice. With that being said, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, recognize A.D. Drew. Happy birthday. I've told him in several platforms, but after the show, I feel bad I didn't call him. He wanted to call. He wanted to- <laughs> like, All right, bro. I didn't know. He, okay. All right. Never mind. With that being said, Mike, happy birthday, and I will give you a call, because I don't want no problems with you coming on next time. You ain't getting no call doing the A.D. Drew. So, but man, you get over... Fifty uh, yard line, as y'all talked about yesterday on the show, it can get dangerous for these folks out here. But shout out to all those folks, which means make sure you're uh, sharing and liking and doing all for the family of the BCSN network. That's my JVN, my BCSN. Download it. Obviously, we have a special going for those HBCU businesses out there. Make sure you uh, check us out and get that information as we have. Uh, specials, $300 specials, $500 specials for the year, three or five, take advantage of whatever fits your budget and support the BCSN network as we support you in terms of what that looks like. Uh, also, with that being said, again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Mills inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday. We'll be back on Thursday, give you a little bit of the Division Two side We'll talk a little bit more uh D1 Baseball, giving you the news and notes of the day. You might even get into some other dialogue or what's talking place, uh, giving our thoughts in terms of the landscape of HBC sports. With that being said, follow me, Dr. Nyataka Bill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, D-R-K-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube is inside the HBC Sports Lab as well. Make sure you on Wednesday checking out the ONG Strike Zone. Great show, particularly when you get to FAMU. And make sure I get all that inside knowledge about what's going on FAMU. I get it so I can take it and share it with those that need it because they're going to go in-depth with great interview. I care because I care, but seriously, great interviews, great insight in terms of what that looks like. And then obviously on Saturdays you have – Uh, Carlos Brown, as he is doing some great information for you. Southern, taking you behind the scene of what that looks like. Then he brings in uh, coaches, Coach Petaway, Petaway, to give you perspective of what's going on with the basketball as Petaway continues to stay up on it uh, at all levels of basketball with his Hall of Fame career and championship level, as well as bringing in ADs to give you, uh, or AD that shows up and give you some insights and that dialogue that he has between them with that special segment. If you hadn't checked that out, you got to check out the Carlos Brown show. That is a great perspective of what goes on there. And then obviously Sunday, Brian and AD continue to check them out as they do what they do. And then on Tuesday, you got the podcast that's released with the 1876 Sports and Culture with Mike Washington and the crew there. And then we have our own podcast zone where you can get all of these shows. And as you're moving about, can't get it visually, But you want to listen to your HBCU latest updates and news, check out the Pod Zone as we got that going on as well. Dream big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Mike? Of course. Brian? Lecture. Dismiss.